Ladies, puberty, PMT, pregnancy, the menopause. Yes, your hormones have been taking you for a ride for years. Hot flushes on the bus, menopausal meltdowns in the office. Whatever those hormones have made you do, Jenny Smith and Kate Bouse are here to lend a sympathetic ear. Why not write in and share your hormonal hell with the girls? Don't worry, they've heard it all before. It's time to put those hormones in the firing line. This is Dear Hormones. Welcome to your safe space, ladies. Coming up on today's show, a pre-christening meltdown, the case of the missing water bottle, and a lockdown battle of wits with a packet of mini cheddars. Hello and welcome to Dear Hormones. Hi Kate. Hello Jenny. Thanks so much for listening to this again. So before we start, we have some very exciting, very big news, don't we Kate? We do, shall I do a drum roll Jenny? Yeah, do it. Do the drum roll. We have decided to give a badge to everybody who is featured on the show. Wow! <laughs> a dear Hormones amazing. badge. It is amazing. And it also includes everybody from last week's show um, because we only gave one badge out last week and we just want to know if you were featured on that show, you will also get a Dear Hormones badge. So well done. Kate, I'm a little bit worried because I feel like we may have peaked too soon with Eileen's letter in episode two. Oh, Eileen's letter, Jenny. I have to say this week I have laughed out loud so many times at random moments. Just thinking so about that letter, just doing the washing up, bit of a laugh. Just doing, <laughs> doing, I was going to say doing the hoovering is as if all I ever do is just household tasks. That's what I spend my life doing. But <laughs> I do spend quite a lot of my life doing household tasks. And Eileen's letter has just made them made them that much better because I've been laughing as I've been doing them. I had to go to the dentist and I actually had to ask him to stop because I suddenly remembered something that Eileen had said that made me laugh and I had to make myself think of something incredibly sad so that I didn't choke because <laughs> I had my mouth wide open. She's become a bit of a celebrity on my um, WhatsApp groups. Is she yours? She has indeed. If you did hear episode two and you did hear Eileen's letter, which is standout funny, um, don't think that every letter that you write to us has to be funny. In fact, you know, lots of the stories I'm telling you about my stuff, I'm laughing about them now, but they really weren't funny at the time. They're really quite serious. And we do realise there's a real serious side to everything that we're talking about here, don't we? Absolutely. And, and for you, Jenny, I know that, that when, when you went through all of this, it was a quite a dark time in your life, wasn't it? It really was, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's taken me two years to sort of say a lot of this stuff out loud. Um, speaking of which, shall I start with one of mine? <laughs> oh, yes, please do. <laughs> this was very kind of early on when I just started really losing my rag. I had no idea it was anything to do with the menopause at all. And this was, um, well, I'll, I'll read the letter and you can, um, you can hear all about it. I've called this one Cricket. Okay. Okay. This happened during the peak of my perimenopausal meltdown days where I had started obsessing over the smallest of things. I dropped my son off at his cricket training and specifically told him not to forget his water bottle when I picked him up. It was a really nice water bottle and he had a habit of leaving things behind. <laughs> I mean, he was all of 10 years old. My son has that same <laughs> habit. Does he? Yeah, they, they all do it, don't they? But I couldn't bear it. When I picked him up, I totally forgot to ask about the water bottle until later that afternoon when I couldn't find it anywhere. I'd rummaged around in his bag umpteen times, 
turned the kitchen cupboards out, searched his room high and low, but to no avail. Oh, Jenny, I can picture the scene. Frantic. <laughs> I can picture you throwing things, throwing yeah. things. Obsessed with this water bottle. Knowing it was nowhere to be found and feeling the rage starting to emerge, I decided to catch him out and asked him where he'd put it. Oh, to catch him out. You meanie. Yeah. I know, what a horrible person. <laughs> I'm going to get you now. In what I knew to be a really patronising tone of voice, I said, I know it must be here somewhere. I mean, you wouldn't have left it at cricket because I specifically told you not to, didn't I? It's in my bag, Mum, he said. All right, it's in your bag, is it? I'll just go and check then. Thanks, darling. Oh, I love it that you called him darling. <laughs> yeah. That really is passive aggressive, isn't it? Oh, poor guy. Um, knowing I'd been searching the bag all morning, I left it a few seconds before saying, you must have put it somewhere else, darling, because it's not in your bag. Darling. At which point my son's face fell. The kind of face that says, oh God, here she goes again. It must have felt like looking down the barrel of a gun. I reached for the bag again, but no matter how many times I looked, which I did in an over-the-top frenzied fashion, the bottle was still missing. Oh no. Absolutely fuming, I marched him out of the house and drove him all the way back to the cricket ground, where I ordered him to go and find it. Oh, Jenny. Oh no, poor thing. He, he's really quite a nervous little boy. He didn't like doing that kind of thing. So he, he would have really hated that. <laughs> How far away is the cricket ground? I mean, this is quite... Oh, 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 well, yeah, it's probably about six miles away. <laughs> <laughs> but it was worth the petrol. It was worth the time. If only you could find that water bottle, which you, you yeah, had to find it. was quite a journey. It. Yeah. <laughs> what seemed like an eternity passed before he returned to the car, empty-handed and extremely anxious-looking. The water bottle was nowhere to be seen. I couldn't believe it. The hormones had reached fever pitch by this point and I berated him the whole way home, telling him how precious things were and that he needed to have more respect for his belongings and this behaviour just wasn't good enough. It was as though he'd just emptied out my entire bank account before my very eyes and thrown it all into an incinerator. Oh my goodness. I, have to, I hope that... Does he have some, some pocket money? Because to pay for the drum lessons and the water bottles. <laughs> I, I hope he does. Yes. I know this kind of thing would infuriate most parents, but the level of rage I felt at that particular time was off the scale. I was having a full-blown menopausal meltdown. My lovely boy was apologising the whole way home and kept saying that he thought he'd put it in his bag and that he'd be more careful next time and that he'd pay for a new one out of his own money. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh. Two days later, I found the water bottle at the bottom of his bag. <laughs> exactly where he said he'd put it. Oh, Kate, I felt awful. Thankfully, I'd calmed down by then and was able to, yet again, apologise for not believing him before and then headed off to the bedroom for a bloody good cry. Oh, Jenny. Oh, Kate. I'm so sorry. I know I feel I say this every time you tell me a story. I just, I say the same thing, which is, I am so sorry for you and I'm so sorry for him. I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry for the pair of you. 
and I do realize that that kind of thing does wind up most parents. I get that, but I think if you uh, the hormones had made that situation ten times worse, it was blown out of all proportion. And like I said, I was absolutely fixated on this bloody mm. water bottle. I had to find it. It didn't even matter. The fact I bothered to drive him all the way back to cricket to go and find it, you know, and that's like I said, it's a six mile journey. That's quite a long time in the car in London. I had I was badgering him the whole way there can't believe it can't believe it you've got to be more careful over a, over a bottle yeah I feel really bad about that I'm pretty sure he won't remember this one I really hope he doesn't but you're reminding him you're reminding him now when he listens to this remember it all over yeah. again yeah <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> but do you know it's so yeah. true what you say that most parents would be infuriated and I have felt exactly the same and um and whilst I, I don't think I'm going through the menopause just yet or the perimenopause just yet and so my rage has not been quite the same as yours I imagine I have felt yeah infuriated is definitely the word and I've been infuriated not just with my my boy who's just a tiny bit younger than yours but also yeah. with my little girl who's only four years old she's only just turned four um and I, I think I've got <laughs> a little bit too cross with her at times through my own being fixated on things so and I, yeah. so the, the thing that comes to mind is She's just turned four, as I say. And I don't know whether you had this when you, when your son was at school. Birthday bear. Do you know what I'm saying when I say birthday bear? I do know what you're talking about with birthday bear. I think you should explain what birthday bear is for those listeners who don't know. <laughs> dreaded birthday bear. Birthday bear. <laughs> dreaded birthday bear. Um, so when the children celebrate a birthday, um, they are given birthday bear to take home. And birthday bear is very special. The children all look forward to this immensely. But nowadays, birthday bear is sent home with masses of paraphernalia. I mean, he comes home with pretty much with his own overnight bag, basically. You're joking. So, no, 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 it wasn't like that with mine. An overnight bag, what's in pajamas. it? Pajamas. He's got like a little bedtime story. He's got several changes of clothes in there. And he also has a toothbrush. That's an awful lot of things it's to take responsibility for. It's a big responsibility. Thank you for understanding. Now, when... <laughs> Well, first of all, first of all, I just have to say, Birthday Bear must have amazing adventures whenever he goes home with with a child, and I felt it was important that Birthday Bear had the greatest adventures of all <laughs> with us. So, <laughs> so didn't just take Birthday Bear to the local playgrounds. We 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 drove probably about six miles across London to go to the best playground in all of London, so that Birthday Bear could go down the biggest slides. You know. The highest swings. You have to you have to document this, right? So you're taking lots of photographs everywhere you go of everywhere. birthday bear in these amazing. <laughs> About a hundred <laughs> photographs were taken, I think, of birthday bear. Although there is a slight problem now because again, there's this, this difference between when my elder two had birthday bear. You had to stick photos inside a book, and you could see all of the photographs that other parents had stuck there. So you know, this time I remember. not quite the same. You can't. There's no book that comes home with birthday bear. There's no brag book. There's no what? brag book. I love it that you call it the brag book. There is no brag book. You just upload your photographs to sort of this online system. But I, I've got a feeling the other parents don't really see the photographs. So I had that. I mean, the thought struck me. I might just like accidentally on purpose send it out to the class WhatsApp. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Didn't mean to hit send. Not <laughs> what is the point of having birthday bear if you can't document his entire trip and then show every single parent in that class what he's been up to? What is the point, Kate? Surely that's the point. Surely it's the point. But yeah, the birthday bear did have great adventures with us. Did birthday bear, do you remember what adventures birthday bear had when he was with you? Well, Kate, 
Unfortunately for you, I do remember what Birthday Bear got up to when he came with us. Birthday Bear took a nice little trip to Paris. Get away. (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely joking. Birthday Bear went to Paris. I tell you, that was the biggest stroke of luck. It was when he was in reception. We didn't really know many of the parents, still trying to impress the teachers. (laughs) Suddenly, for my son's birthday, we had um, arranged a trip to Paris. And then suddenly, Birthday Bear's with us. We're like, this is a result. So Birthday Bear went to the Eiffel Tower, the Arc de Triomphe. He was cycling around on one of those rickshaws. We got some fantastic photos for the brag book. What a shame, Kate, that you didn't also get an an abroad trip away. I guess with lockdown, that would have been a bit hard. (laughs) I think I just have to end this meeting right now. Paris, that's just so not fair. Yeah, sorry about that, Kate. Oh. Listen, I'm not competitive in any way, shape or form. And I'm sure Birthday Bear had a fab time at that park down the road. Oh, so... <laughs> it, was, it was miles away. <laughs> I have to say, I did think Birthday Bear wasn't looking all that impressed and I was wondering why. But now I know that Birthday Bear has previously been to Paris. I can see why his face his face was looking a little bit glum. Oh, dear. Anyway, right. Uh, this is a long, okay. long way around to go to, okay. to the crux of the story here. <laughs> birthday Bear, we, ha- we were lucky enough to have Birthday Bear for quite a while because my daughter only goes to nursery at the beginning of the week. Um, so we had Birthday Bear from Wednesday until Sunday, which is a long time to take responsibility for all of those different things. And on yes. Sunday night, quite late at night, Sunday night, you know, I was trying to, to put everything together. And the one thing that really stayed in my mind was that Birthday Bear had had this toothbrush where was the toothbrush? Jenny, where was it? You can imagine, could not find the toothbrush. And I got myself really into quite a state about it, which obviously is plainly ridiculous. But I was thinking, I'm not going to be able to find it. I have no no other small toothbrushes that I can replace it with. Well, also, Kate, the big issue here is that there's you, you know, there's no brag book now. You can't (laughs) be the parent that sends Birthday Bear back to school without his toothbrush. I mean, that that reputation would never die. I would never lose it. And his poor little teddy bear teeth, he might lose them. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) without his toothbrush. I'm ashamed, you see, because I really shouted at my four-year-old daughter. And what you're saying, your story... It reminds me of it a little bit. I was saying, you know, you have got to be responsible. (laughs) She's four! She just turned four. And she was saying, she was saying, sorry, mummy. <laughs> oh, bless her. Oh, stop. No. And you see, I don't think of myself as being hormonal. So I just think, Jenny, really, you should not feel too terrible about some of these episodes that you're telling us because I think they're really quite normal. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I hope they are. Yeah, I hope it's not yeah. just me and you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know they are normal. I mean, I do remember the, the rage wasn't normal. <laughs> Yeah, I think most parents uh, get massively frustrated when their kids lose things because kids do lose things all the time. I think the difference with me is that because I was sort of peak sort of perimenopausal symptoms is that the level of rage I felt was kind of off the scale. Um, So it just takes something that would infuriate you anyway to a a whole other level where you sort of feel like you're going mad and you don't know what you might be capable of. And I think Mm. that's um, that's the, the worrying bit about it. Shall we move on to our next letter? Let's move on to our next letter. Now, this one is called Mini Cheddars. Exciting. Uh, It's been sent to us from Lena in Southampton. Dear Jenny and Kate, I love your podcast. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Um, Some of the stories shared have made me smile and feel a whole lot better about an incident that took place in our household recently. To put this into context, I have found this last year really difficult. Lockdown, homeschooling and hormones have proved to be a potent mix. I think, Lena, you're you're, (laughs) a potent mix. You're not alone. 
On one particular occasion, my year six twins were set a frankly impossible task that infuriated me. Oh, she's got twins as well. She's oh, got goodness. twins. That's hard, isn't it? In lockdown with That's hard. The kids were asked to write complex poetry with, ooh, I don't know how to say this, parataxis on the what? subject of human rights events. Oh, my, oh my goodness. God. I don't actually understand that whole sentence. <laughs> I've never, parataxis, I've never heard of parataxis before. What is it? <laughs> oh, God, Kate, with, and, you, and you've got a degree from Cambridge and you don't know what it is, so that makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> they had no knowledge of human rights events. So how the hell could they write complicated poetry about it? <laughs> you can see, I think you can feel that Lena is still feeling a bit of rage about this even now. Oh my goodness, I really feel for this lady. They could have written poetry about how they felt, or their neighbourhood, or they could even have escaped to another world for a few happy moments. But no, it had to be about human rights. <laughs> oh dear, it had to Oh happen. my God! It had to happen whilst they were homeschooling and it had to include parataxis. <laughs> this is a disaster. We've got a disaster on our hands. Oh, Lena. Parataxis, she repeats with an exclamation mark. <laughs> parataxis. <laughs> Sorry. <What>? Too much. <laughs> we are with you all the way. I didn't get it. My daughter didn't get it. My son didn't get it. <laughs> Oh dear, he did this says that my, my son didn't see the point at all and he lost it. He didn't see the point. <laughs> didn't see the Sorry, point. Just don't see the not. point, Mum. Don't see it, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> that's a classic, I think that's a classic boy thing to say as well, isn't it? I don't see the point, Mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and get ready because Lena's going to lose it too. It says, I completely lost it. And I am sorry to say that I picked up a plate of food and threw it in his direction whilst he sat on his bed. <laughs> I, I then looked my son right in the eye. He looked back at me. We were at war. Oh. Without breaking eye contact, I took the packet of mini cheddars that I was holding and I clapped my hands over it hard, still staring. <laughs> ha! <laughs> This is so good that the phrase without breaking eye contact. Can you imagine lifting that bag of cheddars but still staring him out? Like, are you ready? She's clapped her hands over it hard. Then I... <laughs> she says, but I wasn't finished yet. I scrunched the packet of cheesy biscuits around in my hands, breaking them into ever more tiny pieces. And then... Get ready. And then with one final <laughs> mega glare. <laughs> of course, all the time she's staring him out. <laughs> she hasn't broken the eye contact. I ripped the packet open, turned it upside down and calculatedly scattered the entire contents all over his bed, right in front of my open-mouthed child. <laughs> Victory! <laughs> because I also have a son who's constantly hungry, always looking for a snack and absolutely loves those mini cheddars. Oh. So if her son is anything like mine, that would have been 
an absolute disaster to see that packet <laughs> of cheddars scattered all over his bed. Oh my God, you know what I'm thinking? Hence the open mouth. What are you, what are you thinking? <laughs> Let's see. I'm just, like, except, oh. I think wonder whether you're going to preempt this next sentence, Go which on. I've just left out. <laughs> except that, of course, it wasn't a victory at all, since I have to live with the guilt of my childish outburst. And I was the one who had to fetch the hoover. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's all very well having that, that moment of rage, but then when you've got to go and do the clearing up afterwards, that's sort of a bit of eating humble pie, isn't it? She was the one. Now, you think that's like quite a nice ending for the letter, but it goes on. There's more. Oh, there's more. Great. Mm. How did the uh, the parataxis go? Give us more. Give us more. I don't know. I'm not sure. Let's see. My eldest daughter, now at secondary school, had to put her live lesson on mute. Oh, God. Oh, on me, on mute. She, she claimed to her teacher that the sound on her computer broke. She was trying to silence all the shouting in the background. It still shocks me how juvenile I became for those few minutes. My hormones were probably to blame and I apologise to all of my kids for what happened and for other times when I have struggled with them, though I think that was the oh. worst instance. Oh. I must say, however, that I am finding my hormones are on a more even keel since my kids returned to school. <laughs> that's the end <laughs> that's such there a good letter isn't it and that story lena your story also reminds me a little bit of, of jenny's story at the beginning um your yeah. rage that you were talking about is that rage again isn't it yes absolutely that uncontrollable rage i think she's definitely felt that didn't she mm. um i love the whole smashing that bag of cheddars like that was the <laughs> biggest most disastrous thing you could possibly have done and then scattered it. them all over. Yeah, crunching it <laughs> up. Like, I love she, that. She rubbed her hands over it. And also those those cheddars, if you do do that, they go to almost a powder. So imagine. <laughs> Are you speaking from experience here, Jenny? No, I haven't. But my son loves them and they have been stuck at the bottom of a bag before. And I know that they can go to hideous powder. So imagine, I bet that little boy has been sleeping on that bed for months after weeks afterwards. <laughs> Finding little bits of cheddar <laughs> serves him right. <laughs> Our third letter, Kate, today is called White Jeans. This is from Maxine in Milton Keynes. It's a really great letter, this one. This, this I can massively relate to the mum in this I think story. You relate to so many of these letters, it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dear Jenny and Kate. When I was a teenager and dealing with my own hormones, my mum was battling with all the symptoms of the perimenopause, most notably with her raging mood swings. I was a feisty girl at the best of times, which led to mother-daughter bust-ups on a fairly regular basis. But the pick and mix of hormone changes which come with the menopause sometimes used to tip these episodes over the edge. I remember this one particular day when I wanted to wear my trendy white jeans to a christening. My mum was having none of it yeah, and instead... I, do you feel I'm that? Not sure. Yeah. yeah, white jeans at a christening, I don't know. And instead wanted me to wear a very shiny and, in my head, hideous gingham dress. Oh, I'm also not what... sure about that though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the 1980s, I think. One that didn't have a single breathable thread in its body. And this was one of the hottest days of the year. <sighs> a screaming match ensued, which led to a full-blown tussle in the bedroom. One that my poor suffering dad had to try and break up, probably for the 10th time that week. To get away from my mum, and more importantly, the revolting gingham dress, I leapt out of the window. <gasps> 
But just as I did, disaster struck. My precious white jeans got caught on the window latch, leaving an almighty rip right down the left leg. But there was no time to think about it, and I tore off down the street, ripped jeans and all, and kept on running. In my teenage head, I considered that a win. <laughs> <laughs> this is again, it's, it's like, it's all this, it's like Lena with her son. Like, it's a war. Competition, <laughs> winning? yeah. Yes. Yeah. Despite the ripped jeans, I'd managed to escape. There was a christening to go to, remember, and this would surely put an almighty spanner in the works, what with me not being there. My own teenage hormones were having a field day, and I remember thinking, ha, that'll serve her right. <laughs> no, another the, yes, I love it. That's the third time I think we've had a ha in a story, isn't it? I love it. it. But let's not forget who we were dealing with here. My mum was peak perimenopause and not about to let her tetchy little teenager get one over on her. From the end of the street, I suddenly heard the almighty rumble of a car being revved over and over. Still jogging up the road. <laughs> Just imagining that teenager still jogging up the road. Still jogging up the road, I turned to see my mum, hands gripping the steering wheel, driving directly at me. No! Hold on, pause for a minute. Pause for a minute. We've got to picture this scene. You are joking. Her mum literally <laughs> got behind the steering wheel of a car. Yeah. Yeah. And headed. She wasn't content to let just let her daughter run off and, you know, maybe come back later. She was like, no. The menopausal mum was thinking, she's not winning. She's not winning this one. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we've... I wonder what, what do we know? Do we know what Maxine's mum's car, what car it was? Are we talking? Is this a kind of a sports car? Is this a... I, I, I'm guessing if it was the 80s, it was probably more like a Vauxhall Corsa. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Here we go. She's in, she's in a Vauxhall Corsa that we've decided she's driving. Her hands are gripping the steering wheel. She's now driving directly towards her teenager. Oh. We lived on a very long and very straight road. And when she got to me, she deliberately swerved the car in my direction. <gasps> she then drove the car back down the street and repeated this move three more times until I relented and walked back home to the house. Oh. Menopause one, teenager nil. <laughs> I think menopause usually wins out. Yeah, I think it does, yeah, yeah. I spent the rest of that day sweating buckets in, you guessed it, a horrible, shiny gingham dress. <laughs> oh my goodness. Poor girl. Oh, she goes on to say though, my wonderful mum and I are the very best of friends now, and she has become one of the biggest advocates of HRT, which she started taking after being pulled to one side by one of her friends, who tentatively suggested to her that she'd been a little off lately. <laughs> <laughs> I phoned her up recently to tell her about my own perimenopausal symptoms, and before I could get to the end of the sentence, she shouted, go on HRT, <gasps> down the phone. <laughs> HRT was absolutely life-changing for my mum and I'm about to start taking it myself now hopefully just in time before my own daughter asks to wear something unsuitable to our next significant family occasion oh goodness me <laughs> what a great story I love it that's an incredible story Wow. I mean, again, slightly scary that the, the, the fact that that poor mum that she was yeah. so angry that she 
got behind the wheel yeah. of her car. And yeah. I'm remembering your chicken wing story, Jenny. Yes, that's what I was going to say. It does remind me of that time when I was having that rage. That you know, In episode one, I talk about um, when my son hugely infuriated me over absolutely nothing. And I was driving and I... I honestly wanted to get him out of the car because I thought I was going to steer the car onto the pavement. Mm. So I hugely relate to the mum in this story. I love that they're best of friends now. And it, um, but I think this sort of thing sticks with the parents more than it does the children because we know the mums, you know, we know that it's not us. We know we're acting out of character and then we sort of beat ourselves up thinking that we're potentially, you know, long-term damage to our children but as you said in episode one because your mum did something uh, through a potato didn't she at you when she you did. were little when she was having her pnt days but you know as you said you're best of friends now you completely relate to your mum and understand why she did that the mums suffer more than the children and actually this this girl does sound like she was being quite annoying going on about her white <laughs> jeans with her white jeans it's like no, just I wear a dress right. with christening suck yeah. it up <laughs> I think you're right with everything you say. And interesting, as with you, that HRT was um, was so hugely helpful for, for this was. lady as well. The next letter is entitled Eurovision. So we're going into the world of the world of pop and songs. Eurovision. I love the Eurovision. Brilliant. Bring it on. Oh, I love a bit of Eurovision as well. And even more excitingly, it says here that this letter is sent to us from Cheryl Baker. Oh, oh I wish. <laughs> I don't think it really is, but we would we would we would love a letter from from the real Cheryl Baker, but this one isn't. Yeah, I'm borderline obsessed with Cheryl Baker. I think Are you? Bucks, yeah, Bucks Fizz was such a huge part of my life. I think I was at primary school at the time when they won the Eurovision, and um, you know when they the whole ripping the skirts off and and I just absolutely loved Cheryl Baker, and I bet she's got some fantastic stories to share. I don't know oh. why I think that, but I bet she has. So if anybody knows anybody who knows anybody who knows Cheryl Baker. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, please see if she could write to us. That would just make my day. I loved the land of make believe. It was I got oh. it. It was on a, a Weetabix tape, a Weetabix cassette, I think, that we got for free with Weetabix. Was that the one that won Eurovision? I don't no, know. No, Kate. Oh my goodness! Now you're showing your age. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know what? the song that that they actually won with? No. Oh my God! Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I might know when you tell me what it was. Making your mind up. Oh, I, do, I, I know yes. that song as well. I do and know And if it, you really just... want to see some more, and then they rip the skirts off. And we Ooh. had these little gym skirts at our um, primary school, the netball skirts. Ooh. And if you were lucky enough to play netball, um, you could do a little uh, Bucks Fizz routine with them and rip your skirt off in the playground. Oh, yeah. no way. Sounds wrong. <laughs> Sounds so wrong. It really does. <laughs> My goodness. Um, anyway, back to the letter. Back to yeah, the letter. To the letter. What, so from Cheryl Baker, but actually she's, this lady has been very brave and she's told us her real name, which is Selda. Dear Jenny and Kate, I know it has to be just me when I say that I got teary. Okay, sobbed. When I heard the 2020 Icelandic entry for the Eurovision Song Contest by Dowell Freya called Think About Things. So she oh. sobbed when she heard this. I haven't heard that one, Kate. Mm. She says, I really like it. It's a great song. Google it. Link above. So she sent us a link. I think we should Google it. Yes. Why don't we do that? Let's have a very quick break. Yeah. OK, right. let's go and watch Ready, it Zilli? because I love a good cry at um, a song. I can cry at almost anything. So um, hopefully if this is like a, a good old classic weepy, I'll be um, I'll be coming back on here in tears. Let's and I'm go. the same. So I'll be crying too. 
Write into the show with your hormonal anecdotes, and if we read your letter, we'll send you an exclusive Dear Hormones badge. That's right, bribery. Email us at dearhormones at yahoo.com or we're at dearhormones on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Jenny, have you just been watching what What? I've been watching? (laughs) What? I can't. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't see you crying. I I can't see your tears. There's nothing even remotely emotional about that song. It's like it's like going clubbing in the nineties. <laughs> Hoppy boppy track. Explain what they're wearing. <laughs> they're wearing sort of like these kind of jumpsuity type things, but with a, with pictures of kind of pixelated people on the front, and they're all standing there very deadpan. It's, it's just very silly and poppy. <laughs> there's, there's nothing. Please, you if you're listening, please. Google it because you'll see what we mean. Zelda, I I mean, this is coming from the person who can cry at almost anything. I'm struggling, I'm struggling to well up to any part of that song. No, I'm sorry, you've lost us. That means, Kate, (laughs) that she must have been peak hormones. (laughs) She really must have PMT or whatever she might be, perimenopause, whatever it was, but her hormones are fully to blame for this. Okay, is is, is there more letter? There's more. She says, I was irrationally emotional listening to it. Yes, you were. I'm sorry. You were, Zelda. Yes, we agree. We agree. (laughs) And it wasn't even a song in the same league as a Johnny Logan classic. Oh, Johnny Logan, Kate. Do you remember? Do you remember Johnny Logan? That does make me cry. Yeah, Yeah. even I can see you slightly welling up now. Just at the thought of it. Crying to that would be forgivable, right? Yes. Yes. Right. Zelda. Right. right. We we agree. That would be okay. That's forgivable. <laughs> but Dal Freya, mm, not so sure. Um, then to realise that Eurovision wasn't even going ahead, well, I needed a lie down in a very dark room. I can relate to that. I was gutted as well. <laughs> Don't even get me started on how teary I got, reminiscing to my children about the time Bucks Fizz won. Good times. Oh, yes. I must watch that again, actually, when Bucks Fizz won. What a, what a moment. And also, Kate, it sounds like you haven't ever seen that. I've never. I'm going to look it up. Yes. It's not one that's going to make me cry, though, is it? Making your mind up. It won't make you I, cry. I it, might make, it might make um, Zelda cry, because as we know, she can cry at absolutely anything. <laughs> but Bucks Fizz, ripping the skirts off, when they won, everything about that is just an absolutely priceless thing to look up on YouTube do it um I must say quickly though I do understand the ability to cry at absolutely nothing when you're hormonal and I vividly remember back in the day do you remember that body form advert yes body form when she hit the high note of that I burst into tears and that was PMT related yeah it is an emotional piece actually listen to it again I oh Jenny listen to it again (laughs) I don't think it's gonna make me cry (laughs) (laughs) maybe we can use that as our benchmark for your men of Kate's menopause watch we keep playing body form (laughs) and when you cry we'll know you've reached uh you've reached that stage We've uh, reached the end of our podcast, have we? Already? Oh, I was going to tell you about the time that, that another time that I was on stage because uh, oh, tell me, I'm chatting away here. Well, it's not very, it's not really very interesting. 
But you told me that your sister went on Blue Peter and that she, she was in The Wizard of Oz. Was that right? Was she the Wizard yes, of Oz song? Yes, That dance was also a, a school competition dance that she did and it was so good she actually got on TV. So what have you oh, got Oh, I'm very jealous of only some of my school dances have been a bit better. <laughs> yeah, so um, I was in The Wizard of Oz myself once. Were you? <laughs> Stage performance? A, when I was So was school. I. Yes. No! Uh, yes, go on. What, what part did you have? Yeah. <laughs> I was selected. I was really excited about them calling out the, the different roles, all the different exciting yeah. roles. Really wanted to be Dorothy. But oh, no, yeah. I was cast as, drum roll please, drum roll please. Thank you. The Wind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was my role. The Wind. No. I had to sort of really gush cool. across the stage. Isn't that mean? And just sort of you twirl around gush, the house. Gush, stop it. <laughs> You had to gush across the stage. <laughs> so you were that big tornado at the very beginning. So That was me. And yeah. that was it. And then were you gone then? Then I was that off. Was it, then that was it. I was off. <laughs> <laughs> Never to return. What were you? Beat that. I had been cast as, you know, the scarecrow. Oh, that's the, not well, fair. No, wait. No, wait. You know, the scarecrow in the film is one of the farmhands. One of the farmhands turns into the scarecrow. Do you know yes, that? You, do you remember I do. that? I know. Yeah. I remember it well. So I got to play the farmhand before he turned into the scarecrow. So basically <laughs> I was the slightly dippy farmhand that had one line and it was looking for Dorothy, Mrs. Gale, while I was scratching my head. <laughs> and then I was off. And then somebody else who was actually really talented took over as the scarecrow. So we both have a Wizard of Oz story. And actually you mentioning that you were cast as the wind. Mm -hmm. I remember when I used to go to Sunday school and we were doing a big sort of nativity and the, the Sunday school um, leader, I don't think liked my sister very much and cast her, bear in mind she was about six years old at the time, six or seven. She was cast as the donkey. Oh yeah, Isn't that the donkey. bad? I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I had to pick donkey or wind. I'm not sure which I'd go for. Donkey or wind? Yeah, no, yeah. maybe I'd stick with the wind. <laughs> I think stick to the wind because you can be artistic with the wind, can't you? You can do a big dance move, swirl around on stage. I could see you making a bit of a moment with that. But I don't even know if when she was the donkey, whether she, A, whether she actually agreed to do it, and B, did she have to have someone sitting on her back maybe? Oh, maybe heavens. Was sitting on her? I don't know. And was she allowed to make but, any noise? Was it was it a speech? Or was it a silent? I, I, I can't remember. Role? I just remember that she got cast as the donkey, and it being a big thing in our house that someone could be so cruel as to cast a little girl as the donkey. Was this before or after Blue Peter? Oh, before. But I don't feel too sorry for her because it's also um, around the same sort of time that she locked me in the boys' toilets at Girls' Brigade. So do you know what? Playing the donkey, she probably deserved that. <laughs> Your Thanks, sister Lucy. locked you in the toilets. <laughs> Not just the toilets, the boys' toilets. <gasps> Goodness, she deserved everything she got with the donkey roll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, right, I think that is the end of our podcast. <laughs> that is the end of episode four. Oh, except I wanted to donate. Um, Kate. <laughs> I won't oh. say anything else. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to write to us with your stories. We absolutely love getting them. We are dearhormones at yahoo.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at dearhormones. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. That was Dear Hormones with Jenny Smith and Kate Baus. If you've got a story to share, email the girls at dearhormones at yahoo.com or they're at dearhormones on Instagram. Until next time! <laughs> <laughs>